Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And I'm so excited to hear about your company and your growth or journey as entrepreneurs. So how about we start off with having each of you just tell us a little bit about yourselves and your company. So I'm Katie. I have another business that's under the umbrella of Girl Gang called Knack Shop. And that's kind of what started before Girl Gang happened and snowballed from there. Amazing. And uh, Jenny, how did you get involved with it? So Girl Gang's been live for a couple years now. Started by Katie and I'm sure she's going to get into the backstory a little bit more during this podcast episode, but I came into the picture like a year ago, I think just over a year ago. Like the story is kind of loose, but it essentially ended up being like, hey, I am starting a content management agency and I would like to manage your content. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it kind of, like Katie said, spiraled from there. Um, we started working closely together, brainstorming strategies, and just trying to figure out how to make Girl Gang our dream business. Um, and like I said, I own another business. Both Katie and I own two businesses. So Girl Gang's kind of like our, I don't know, like our third baby together mm-hmm. that we have. But <laughs> yeah, I own content management boutique agency and so it kind of, it was a natural fit and it's, it's been great. Amazing. And do you guys want to just tell us a little bit about, you know, what Girl Gang is for anyone who maybe hasn't heard of it and just a little bit about what the company does? When we first started Girl Gang, we were just a little shop trying to sell handmade items locally. And I think the name really caught on to people, the Girl Gang, and they were like, how do I be the Girl Gang? Like, what can I do? Can I support you guys? Can I fit in somehow? So we were just trying to make it work. Like Jenny said, is like create a structure that is going to support all women entrepreneurs, not just handmade items, selling from a shop. So then when services came on, um, so Right now, we're kind of divided between vendors and services. So we sell um, handmade items, also non-handmade items from small businesses across Canada. And now we um, promote like yoga services, nails, hair, anything that we can and will. Yeah, and I I love sort of the the purpose behind it and, you know, just sort of amplifying female businesses in general. And so I guess before that, you know, you you each said that you have your own businesses. Do you want to tell us sort of how those got started? And, you know, as entrepreneurs, was that something that you'd always seen yourself doing or how did that all sort of come in? I actually went to art school. I was thinking I was going to be a museum curator. (laughs) That was my goal was to work in Toronto or somewhere, but I ended up moving back home to Sarnia and went back to school for medical office admin. And while I was in school, I met someone 
and we got pregnant and knack shop kind of came from there. I was doing custom art pieces and custom signs for gifts. And then it turned into a Facebook page and then it turned into a business and it's still going strong like eight years later. Um, my story is different, but also very similar because <laughs> I went to school. So I have a background in advertising and I also went to school for nutrition. Uh, when I left school, got pregnant <laughs> and I was like, what am I going to do? So I started blogging. Actually, I started in the blogging industry, grew a blog, started learning about product promotion, recipe development tightened up my photography skills and then realized that blogging was a really great thing. And I loved it. It was like an education almost, um, but it wasn't for me. So we, we sold our blog um, actually right before the pandemic hit, we sold our blog and I started freelancing as a social media manager and yeah, from there, just like content development, content management, social media management, and um, strategic development kind of just fell into place and that's and yeah and it connected me to the girl gang and and to Katie and well Katie and I are actually like lifelong friends so that's how I'm connected to girl gang but coming in in a in a business role was kind of propelled from my background in content management and product promotion. Wow. Yeah. I love sort of hearing the background and, you know, hearing your paths to how you got there. And then when, what sort of made you decide to go into business together and um, sort of what, what led to that point? So Girl Gang started in 2018 after a group of local females, we um, all were makers in one shop and learned kind of the hard way of business that, you know, keeping track of your inventory, keeping track of your sales, keeping track of everything is very important. And we kind of, the business went under without kind of telling us. So we were strung along for a few months and learned the hard way, but it definitely was one of the biggest business learning experiences in my life and kind of gave me probably a few years of business experience in one short period of time. And then we went from there and did a little store in town. And then we went online and kind of jumped into everything head first without a major plan. So then come February, 2019, Jenny had stepped in and she saw a gap that needed to be filled. And we stripped back, planted new seeds and started growing again and at that time, COVID kind of hit. So we really went full force e-commerce. That's pretty much the the gist of it. It was, I think around that time, Katie and the previous co-owner were asking questions like, how, how can we like amplify this? And what can we do to make, you know, to fill that gap? And because of my background in digital, I, yeah, I had a strategy and it kind of just took off from there. We're still learning. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I think a, a lot of, you know, when that happens, that those are always sort of those big learning times for the business. And it's, it's good to hear that, you know, you were able to make that pivot and sort of keep going. And I'd love to hear a bit about too, in the beginning, when you decided what made you sort of focus on female owned businesses and female brands for your business? 
I think the one of the main thing we had all in common was we were on mat leave and at home with our babies wanted we we're making stuff we're still trying to side hustle like still wanted to work but um being at home with the kids was makes it hard a little bit but we like all of the women that were together mostly all not all of them I shouldn't say that we're at we're at home on mat leave and started businesses during that time. Okay. I I love that. And um, I'd love to hear a bit too, you know, you said, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, you had to make that big, you know, shift in your business. And, you know, I know that your brand is very much about supporting local and, you know, why do you think that that is so important in general, but even especially sort of during these times? Everything right now is just coming up local, which is good, but it's also been such a hard, these waters have been so hard to navigate for small businesses. I think also there's a lot of questions and Katie and I see this all the time with our members and vendors is they're just very confused as to like where to go and what to do. And, um, a lot of things we we're be, we we are seeing lately is you know vendors being like how do I get stockists and how do I you know sell to more places and get more exposure. I think exposure is like our number one thing that um, our vendors are asking for, and they're confused about their social media and their marketing strategies and you know everything that they have to do building a website. So uh, I think it was just like very important for us to be able to support smaller brands, especially because of Katie's background as a maker. I'm assuming that you've been through it where you're like, oh, I don't know what to do next or how do I grow or how do I like, there's so many questions to answer. So that was pretty valuable um, for us, but also navigating COVID and um, the message of supporting small and supporting local we we've pivoted a little bit we're not our messaging is um less about local as it is about small brands um because local could mean so many different things for all of our customers because we are east to coast east west to coast uh, east to west coast right now and our vendors are all over the place so um supporting small and making sure that you're kind of giving back to your local economy or the Canadian economy um, is important to us as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, it's a really great point. And I think, you know, it is so unknown right now, but it's, it's great to see that you are using that platform to sort of promote those small businesses. And you'd mentioned too, you know, with the pivot with COVID, and I'd love to hear a bit about how your business has grown over the years, especially when you said it was sort of that monumental time where you made those changes. And, you know, what was it that has sort of led to that growth? So the pivot I mean, the pivot has been difficult, I think, for all businesses right now. We have had a huge learning curve because with the Girl Gang Canada, we had a lot of reliance on um, vendor events and pop-up shops, which obviously got kind of discontinued or canceled during COVID. So you know, we've been fortunate enough that we have the experience and we instantly built a website as soon as like right before COVID hit, we had, we were in the middle of launching a website. Um, but there still have been a lot of things that we've had to learn in terms of the e-commerce world and in terms of our own brand and 
making shifts and adjustments from that in-person shopping experience to the online and digital experience. So I think that's um, not necessarily to answer the point of growth, but more to answer the point of shifting and um, kind of how we plan to grow in the future. It's been really interesting to to learn how to market yourself as an e-commerce platform that not only, like we don't have one specific niche that we offer. We're kind of more of a larger scale, like we sell everything type shop. So that's been kind of tricky to navigate. But um, yeah, it's made us realize that having that in-person experience and having the online experience in hand in hand is pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. They kind of pushed us into unfamiliar waters before we were even ready. So it was just like, okay, let's adapt again. Let's quick and fix and figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been a lot of changes over the past year. And uh, a great point you made there too is, you know, you're now marketing yourself as an e-commerce business, but without the specific niche and sort of that's been sort of one of the challenges. And do you want to tell us maybe about some of the marketing strategies that have worked for you or even for your vendors that you said, you know, are trying to find that brand awareness, Um, maybe some advice or tips there as well? For sure. So in what, what we see a lot of right now, and, and something that we're actually kind of shifting, we've been talking a lot of over the past couple of weeks, is um, trending topics. So when it comes to building a brand as a vendor, like a very small candle brand or a very small, um, you know, bath bomb or whatever, whatever you might be, kind of just like popping into TikTok or popping into, you know, um, Instagram or even doing market research, like doing deep analytical research into what is trending with your specific audience, whether it's, you know, like a specific age range or you're targeting mothers or you're targeting whatever, um, and adapting to those changes and making sure you're constantly adapting to those changes through your visuals, through your communications, through, um, whatever the case may be. So noticing that trending stuff, it does quite well and um, making sure that you're like hitting those quarterly sales, whether it's like Black Friday or Cyber Monday, Christmas, um, you know, like Easter, having like an Easter line, just making sure that you're keeping up with kind of like the wants and needs of um, what consumers are looking for at that time. I find that that's that's pretty important. Katie and I have both noticed quite a bit over the past year that navigation on your website is like key. If you're planning on selling online digitally, um, having just like a really, like for us, it was kind of mimicking the customer experience online, which we haven't quite hit the, hit the nail in the head yet for. Um, and we do still have some website updates that we probably have to make, but making sure that when somebody pops onto your website that they're experiencing your brand like in full force um, and then your socials are aligning with everything your your visual strategy and and you know everything that you put out into the world screams your brand so that you can make that impact with your brand I think those are some of like the top top things that we're currently learning and that we have learned in the past um, about what has worked Yeah. It's just testing so many things and just figuring out what does work for you. Cause there is no formula for any specific individual. It, every thing that you sell has its different aspects. So it's like, 
try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. Ooh, this is working. Ooh, this is not working. And just like filtering through. Yeah. Making sure what's not working, like understanding and not doing that over and over and over again. Cause if you keep doing things that aren't working, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it just won't, it won't be successful. Yes, absolutely. It's definitely, I mean, a lot of learning as you go. And, um, you know, like you said, it's, it, I think it's just as important learning those things that don't work as the things that do work to sort of move forward. And you, you talked a, um, a bit about, you know, some of the obstacles you've overcome with your business or as an entrepreneur and in your previous businesses. And is there sort of one big challenge that you've really overcome and sort of what did you do during this time to get through that? I think um, one of the scariest parts well as a maker is just being vulnerable and like making something and posting it and being like are people gonna like this are they gonna say nice things are they gonna say mean things you never know what your reaction is gonna get from the public and I think that was one of the biggest things for me I'm always like was always treading water just trying to make sure that you know whatever I do is okay for everyone and then learning that like you know what sometimes it's not gonna impress everybody you know and coming to terms with that and just being confident in what you're doing and that's all you need to do yeah that's a good one I was gonna say something very similar about like criticism and 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 being okay with accepting criticism um of the public I mean being okay accepting criticism like in general and just like and learning from what other people have to say but also you know, if public says something like negative or mean or whatever, just being like, okay, that's cool. You don't, that's where we don't fit what your vision, like what your plan is. So that's fine by us. And we'll just keep doing our thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, I think those are, you know, really great points that, you know, I think almost any entrepreneur entrepreneur can really relate to, um, especially with the online space, you know, you, you never know. And I guess on the other side of that, has there been sort of one really big moment or highlight that stands out to each of you from your journeys as entrepreneurs? In hindsight, I would say again, um, fears, just tackling your fears, being okay, like being out in the public eye and being okay to evolve. So what I was doing in the beginning was hand painting signs. And now um, I do them digitally and get them printed and frame them. So it's just learning to evolve and knowing. And, and, you know, actually I got it. I know mine. <laughs> knowing the worth of your time. Yes. That's such a good one. So actually. when I first started doing signs, it was like, oh, well, it took me like four hours, but like, I won't cap that because that's not that big of a deal. And like, da da da, and I don't want to charge too much and like $20. And then, and realizing later that it's like, okay, now I'm up all night trying to get all this stuff done. And is it worth it? I don't know. But once you realize what your work time is worth, that is, that was one of the biggest things for me. Yeah, that's a good one. No, um, Pricing is, I, I actually was having a conversation on pricing today. It's arguably like one of the hardest things to kind of wrap your head around, especially when you're just starting and you're like, oh, I don't know. And this is like a really good point that it goes for like a lot of our vendors too, because, you know, honoring a discount, sometimes we get the, the feedback saying like, well, I can't afford a discount. And, um, that just kind of shows you that like maybe your pricing is 
not right. Like maybe you need to increase your prices um, and just understanding that if your price is too low, like what is it worth to you? How is that, how does that reflect on how much time you're putting into it? How much energy, how much, because the hour that you spend creating that has a value to it. Um, So pricing is a really good one. Uh, I think also like the relationships that you build is a huge takeaway that I've learned over the years Um, with my other business. I've been lucky enough to grow based off of referrals and it's been phenomenal that I haven't had to do any marketing for a marketing agency (laughs) and that I've been able to get to the point where I'm at, where um, I have, I I feel comfortable. Uh, But also with the girl gang, the relationships that we're building and the connections that we can make, you know, matching vendors together where one person might have a product and they're looking to kind of fill a gap and they can like match that product and collab with another vendor or um, one of our service members, you know, we have an amazing Shopify expert and we have so many vendors that need websites and they need to learn how to build their own website. So like being able to make those connections for people is so valuable and, and it's amazing to see like what can come out of networking and what can come out of building like really strong connections um with other women and being supportive in that capacity rather than just being like you know putting other women down where we're trying to build a community community where everybody thrives off of one another rather than the opposite so yeah what makes us a little bit more unique is a lot of handmade items are in small handmade shops and not on a branded e-commerce platform that is like totally like about marketing and promoting. And it's like fusing those two worlds together. And we're kind of, we're, I think we're trying to like bridge that gap of, okay, let's go back to the roots, but also like try and um, make this product sell in larger quantities. Yeah. So it's just trying to figure out how to make that work hand yeah. in hand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think there is a lot of great points touched on there, you know, especially with, with pricing and sort of that timing, I think, especially with female entrepreneurs, that's a huge, um, you know, worry about is how much to charge and, um, you know, community over competition sort of is like the feeling that I, I think your brand is sort of after, which is great to sort of hear about, you know, promoting those small businesses. And um, that leads into my next question too. And I think also about the learning curves you've gone through is, has there been something that each of you has learned about yourselves through running your own business? I would have to say I've definitely learned, (laughs) I've, I've learned that I have a little bit thicker skin than what I maybe would have thought years ago. Um, I think running a business helps you kind of become who maybe you're made to be like if, if entrepreneurship is for you um, and then you really have a lot of takeaways from being a business owner um, getting that thick skin and, and being able to say no and being able to kind of set boundaries for yourself um, whereas before I don't think I had that and I I didn't have the confidence to do all those things so it's it's been a really cool journey to 
be able to just be like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's not for me. And, and accept that and be confident in my decisions. I think that's what I've, my biggest learning curve. I totally agree. Confidence, thicker skin and boundaries, just knowing when to say no and how to say no without it feeling like, you know, you're letting someone down. And two, I think the hardest part is we're all really good friends. So it's like, Hey, this isn't personal. This is business. This isn't personal. Like just separating those two worlds and knowing those two sides to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think those are all great points. And, um, you know, I think a lot of that will go into this as well, but if there was sort of one piece of advice you would give to someone who's maybe thinking of starting their own business, what would that be? I would say invest when you feel like you need to and don't try to take it all on yourself. If you think that you are starting to feel like you need a VA or you need a marketing manager or somebody to do your socials or whatever the case may be, or like just in in your logo and brand product website, um, find quality people um do like seriously vet them and make sure that you know you're asking the right questions and then invest in it because it's worth it and be honest with yourself like if you just want to do that if that's all you want to do is sell from home then that's your plan but if you want to sell in different stores like have a little bit of an idea or a plan of what you want to do and where you want to be in a certain amount of years a business plan basically like (laughs) It is really those. Yeah, like one of those (laughs) would be really helpful. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, I think those are such great pieces of advice for anyone looking to start a business or maybe just starting out. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I know that, you know, there's a lot going on with your business now. Is there any future plans that you'd like to share? There's always future plans. (laughs) Um, We're hoping that we can get a store open within this year do some events this year, um, collaboration products, and hopefully launch our own line soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be on the lookout because this is, we've been brainstorming this and I think it's in the works to do a really cool line of products. That's just so unique to the girl gang. Um, and not like other things that you see out there and find small businesses to invest in. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be us like supporting other small businesses with us to go hand in hand yeah amazing well I'm so excited to see all those future plans come together and where can people go to find your business and watch out for all of those upcoming opportunities www.thegirlgang.ca <laughs> thegirlgang.ca instagram and facebook handles i believe we're on twitter sometimes and we're downtown in sarnia at 140 christina street north on saturdays thanks for listening to made it happen podcast the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs make sure you subscribe to the channel leave a review and i'll see you next week